Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. I'm Dave Schrader sitting in for Mr. Lake. We have some exciting news. Andrea Graham joins us now, the co-executive director, Big Ten Basketball Championships for Minnesota Sports and Events. We have some big stuff happening here this year, and it is time to celebrate the upcoming 2024 Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament, March 6th through the 10th, and Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament, March 13th through the 17th, all which will be played at Target Center. Welcome to the show, Andrea Graham. Thanks for being here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Definitely getting excited for March. Yeah, you should. How do you get people excited in March in Minnesota? You bring sports, right? That's going to be the best way. You know, (laughs) we have such a great reputation of fans that show up, show out, and really bring the environment that these athletes need, especially around women's sports, of course, around men's sports. And Minneapolis is a basketball city, so it is really, once these leaders from these events come and get a feel for us it's a slam dunk and they know they should be here it's awesome ah look at you slam dunk i like it on the john (laughs) schuster coldwell banker hotline we have andrea graham the co-executive director oh look even a little rim shot going i like that uh is is it a hard sell i'm just curious to get these different organizations to take a look at minnesota especially in what could be you know a very cold aspect of our year Well, you know, the nice thing about being the bold north is people know we know how to do cold right. That's right. And we can make it accessible for everyone. And so uh, Minneapolis has definitely been in the eye of a lot of these big events uh, for quite some time now. And it's nice to see these things finally come to life. Yeah, gosh, I remember, what was it, 90, 91, I think it was, uh, something like that. We had the NCAA Final Four here. We had the Super Bowl. We had the Stanley Cup Championship, Special Olympics. This was the state to be. And it's been great to see that every year they keep growing on this. We're getting more and more exciting things coming on. What kind of events are you planning to have around the Big Ten tournaments? You know, we are so excited to have the tournaments here for two weeks because we can really maximize uh showing off our city and activating it. So Mm -hmm. we have um, over in city center, we'll have our big 10 makers market running both weeks. We've got some great speaker series. We'll have a bunch of youth clinics. We have an awesome junior journalism program we're doing with the Minnesota broadcasters association. Uh, There is, there's so much going on. We, and of course like pep rallies and blue carpet arrivals and uh, just so much fun stuff for everyone to come check out. And it's all free and open to the public. 
That's fantastic. What a great way to get people involved and to get kids involved in this as well. I love that you guys go above and beyond making it just a a tournament of games, but the fact that people get a chance to come out and engage in the environment, engage in the community, and do it at all these different age levels, all these different belief systems and and, uh, financial situations, everybody's involved in this. It becomes a real community effort. Truly, and like community clearly is important to Minnesota at our core and it is one of our core pillars at Minnesota Sports and Events, and it's so important to us with these key major events that we always keep the community impact in mind. And that's the impact of these events stretches beyond the tournaments and the you know the key days. We've worked with Big Ten to bring some key rehab opportunities to two of our rec centers that you know, house a lot of those big basketball stars that come out of Minnesota. So looking at Farview uh, Rec Center in North Minneapolis, working with Minneapolis Park, Parks and Rec on that, and then uh, the MLK Rec Center in the Rondo neighborhood in St. Paul and working with St. Paul Parks and Rec on that. So really excited to just bring um, not just the celebrity of the tournaments, but also having their impact here last beyond the tournament. And it does last, right? Because this is something that people think of it's a one-time deal this year. Uh, You know, the impact moves on. But when you actually have these type of things taking place, that impact is felt for a long time because of the the time, the money, the effort that's put into these communities. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. And uh, at MNSE, we really want to make sure that um, all of our community partners feel like they're a part of these events. Now, it's been a nice season for the Gopher women, 13-3, and three, <laughs> along with the star power of Iowa's uh, Caitlin Clark. Uh, that could only add to the excitement here for the women's, uh, for the games, right? Absolutely. You know, we just were meeting with um, Megan Kahn, the VP of women's basketball for Big Ten, uh, and Brad Taylor, the VP of men's basketball. And one of our questions for them was like, what's the, who's the sleeper? Like, what's the surprise? Like, what are you guys most curious to see? And of course they accused us of planting the question, uh, but both are cheering on Minnesota because these teams are really showing up and showing out. And, you know, uh, coach P has done incredible work with uh, the Gopher women uh, and Ben Johnson's team is really showing their true colors. And it's been exciting to see. So I think that will definitely drive a lot of folks uh, downtown. And women at Target Center, this is their second year in a row for this, correct? Yes, yes. You know, Minnesota is known for not only being just a support, a big sports state in general, but a huge supporter of women's sports and especially women's basketball. Uh, And when they Big Ten was looking to start moving the tournaments, they saw us and they knew that and they knew it was made total sense to bring the tournaments here. And this is the first time that the Big Ten men's basketball tourney is going to be held at the Target Center, too. Yes, yes. First time um, that they have moved the men's tournament out of Indianapolis or Chicago. So it's very exciting to kind of be on the beginning of their uh, growth with the events. You guys getting any guidance from uh, Chicago or Indianapolis about doing these type of events here? Or are they keeping it to themselves because they want them back? No, you know, it's a great industry and everyone is great partners. Of course, there's healthy competition, um, but it's very, really nice to get some good insight from our friends on uh, certain aspects that are key. How can people become a part of the festivities? We have a lot of options. So, one, obviously, 
buy your tickets. They are flying pretty fast. I cannot lie for both tournaments. Um, but get tickets and come. If that's not up your alley, we have um, all of our events are going to be posted on minnesotasportsandevents.org. Uh, and there's registration links and opportunities to jump in and be a part of um, all the different opportunities from uh, some a service project to a youth clinic to a speaker series and all that fun stuff. And then, of course, sign up on our website to volunteer. Come be a part of one of the events, um, help it happen, and really be a part of that core thread. Boy, would that be a great idea for people that are looking for something fun to do with the family? Get out with the family, volunteer, be a part of this, working together to make these exciting uh, events and opportunities happen. Exactly. There is something for everyone this year, and we're really excited about that. All right. Again, help us out here, Andrea. Where can we get tickets? How can people get involved? And uh, give us the dates again. Absolutely. So the women's tournament, March 6th through the 10th. The men's tournament, March 13th through the 17th. All games down at Target Center. Uh, You can buy tickets either through the Minnesota Sports and Events website or the Target Center website. And if you go to the Minnesota Sports and Events website, Sign up for our newsletter and you'll get all the information on volunteering, events as they're coming, ticket updates, details, all that fun stuff. And that's how you stay in the know. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us tonight and shedding a little light on this, letting people know about it. It's exciting news and I can't wait for it to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to have you out for all the fun. It's going to be fantastic. Minnesota Sports and Events is an independent 501c6 organization, and they're designed to bring significant economic, reputational, and social impact to the region through the attraction, promotion, and execution of these world-class events. MNSE also advances community initiatives associated with each event with a focus on underserved communities and statewide engagement. So get behind it, folks. Support great properties and great programs like this. We'll have more information up on the website over at WCCO, mnsportsandevents.org. Go check it out. We'll be back. I don't know if you guys know this, but the first U.S. mission to aim for the moon landing in over 50 years has launched And it is not going well. We'll cover that when we return right here on News Talk 830-WCCO. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Henry Lake has a night off. Dave Schrader does not. That's me. I'm here. Let's talk. Guess what, folks? The Peregrine uh, spacecraft, which is the first U.S. mission to aim for a moon landing in over 50 years, launched last week. But it's doing a dramatic U-turn back to Earth in a fiery, devastating return to Earth, I might add. Uh, how sad is that? Did you even know, Tubbs, that, that that we were shooting off to to go land on the moon again here? I had no idea. Right. I, I mean, this is – I figure something like this would have been – a bigger deal. Well, it's not a manned mission, obviously, right? right. But but this was an interesting deal. Uh, the Peregrine spacecraft, they, they put this together. Astrobiotic was the one that, that set this up. And it's set now, unfortunately, to disintegrate midair on its way back, uh, which they're calling responsible exit. Um, that's what they claim. There's no safety risks, just cosmic dust in the Earth's atmosphere and the entire payload, which included human remains. That's just going to be hovering around our planet. Nothing to worry about. Human? What? Yeah. Yeah. So when it's they. Not, it's not a big deal, but there's human remains? <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's what went down. They, they had this anomaly during the moon journey, and a fuel leak left the Peregrine without enough juice for that gentle lunar <laughs> touchdown that, that they were hoping for, right? And aboard, they had all of these different things, including it, there was an anonymous donor who gave hair from, I believe it was George Washington. Dwight Eisenhower and I want to say Jimmy Carter. Um, so there was going to be hair samples there. There was DNA and um, ashes from Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, yeah. uh, Nichelle Nichols, who played Uhura, um, uh, uh, Jimmy Doohan, who played Scotty. Yeah. Uh, I think Leonard Nimoy, Mr. Spock, and Arthur C. Clarke, the famous sci fi author, um, along with many others that had paid for this opportunity for this to shoot off into space and land on the moon. And it was going to be this kind of center point. It was going to be something that, that we could use as a trackable piece. So like, you know, it's, it's like the center of town. It's the little uh, pagoda that they put in the center of town so that you can give directions from that. This is going to be one of those things. And it was just this this kind of cool little idea to have up there. Um, Now, they had this this leak, unfortunately, which kept it from turning to the sun and and being directed the way that it was supposed to direct. All right. And when it started leaking fuel, it's it's lasted a lot longer than they expected. But now it's going to come back down. They claim it's going to come down in a way that won't do any damage. They hope. Is that is that possible? Yeah. Yeah, because it should burn up upon reentry. Okay. And if it's if it's leaking fuel as it's burning up, yeah. that's going to add to it, I would guess. The friction and the so they're they're able to I guess control it to a degree, but the the original idea was that they were going to bring it down. Um, they were, first they were evaluating what the situation looked like, but they're worried that it was going to start doing uh, devastation to other satellites that were up there. Oh, okay. So they have to okay. negotiate this thing and get it down, and that's what they'll do is it'll just literally fall into cosmic dust that will surround the planet. I gotta guess that can't be good for us in the long run. No, I... but how many of how much metal particulate and and uh, astro dust do we have up there already from the garbage we've? You gotta say, yeah. They, they, I mean, we pretty much screwed this Earth anyway, so we yeah, might as well just let's just flame all the way. That's right. I mean, if we're gonna go go out in a blaze of glory, well, the, might not scary though. It's the, scary when you say it like that, though. The upside of this is that they got a lot of good information. 
like how not to mess up the next one, hopefully. <laughs> well, what do they say? You always learn more from your failures than uh, you do with your success? Supposedly. Peregrine, besides being this kind of space odyssey, they, they collected data on space radiation with instruments like NASA's neutron spectrometer, and they even fired up a fancy sensor called the Navigation Doppler LIDAR. So they thought about letting Peregrine, like I said, be space's eternal wanderer, but Astrobiotic said no, crash it into the moon. But that was too cliche. You know, <laughs> just let's instead let's let it have a fiery return to Earth. I don't understand. Why not crash it on the moon? Of course, we don't need to pollute the moon either. No, we're already we're already messing up the Earth. Let's not mess up the moon, too. I wonder what it cost if I wanted to be launched off in one of these private yeah. deals to have my ashes put on the moon. I wonder what that cost is. And now that it failed, they've got to have insurance policies in effect on this, right? That if it, if it failed – Whatever you paid, you get paid back. Oh, I would, I would think so. I, I mean, any good business is going to make sure that they've got some sort of insurance policy on this. Yeah. Well, John Thornton, who is the uh, kind of the big cheese over there, the CEO, uh, he's calling this a, su- a success. He said, uh, aside from the fact that they missed going to the moon, <laughs> isn't that isn't that the whole point though? Well, what I mean, if going to the moon, but if if you don't go there, I mean, is it you? How can you consider it a success? Is well, it's like a spin because they're they're trying to take the you know the fact that we failed miserably on mm-hmm. our first uh, attempt in fifty years to get yeah. back there. Um, so they're they're trying to spin and say, hey, we got some good data. We got <laughs> we didn't drop off the payload that we were paid millions of dollars to put there. We didn't do the thing we wanted to do. But on the upside, we have next year to try for the Super Bowl. Right? Isn't that? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like maybe I'm personalizing oh, that too much. Yeah, this is great. Next time I go into my boss's office, I'm going to say, you know what? I failed at this, but I got a lot of good data. I learned, <laughs> I learned so much in failing, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying that on my kids with my grandchildren. I'm, I'm, my kids are like, Dad, why are you so much better with the grandchildren? I'm like, Listen, I learned from my many failings with you how to be a better parent. And by better parent, I mean give them a lot of sugar just before I send them home with you so that you get to deal with that nonsense. Yeah, so mark your calendars this Thursday. They're going to actually have a a news conference to catch you up so you get more juicy details about what happened with this. Um, But it has set NASA back, I guess. there's They were planning a manned moon mission, which would be the first one in 60-some years, to go back to the moon, and there, uh, a lot of that's being put off because of the issues that they're running into. I mean, it, it, it just—it's amazing to me, just being a, a you know a casual you know observer of space and and everything in that realm. And I'm my daughter's fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. Like she's fascinated by the endless amount of information that we can learn from the universe. And I love that she's just so extremely curious about. I mean, she wants to know everything. She can't absorb enough. But 1969 to 2024, why did it take 55 years to try and go back again? Well, there's a lot of different aspects to that. I mean, man, I could go down all kinds of fun rabbit holes with you. Uh, You know, obviously there is a lot on the docket that says that we never did it to begin with, that it was a um, we wanted to beat Russia. So we made it appear like we made it on the moon. Now, that was a fascinating uh, conspiracy for a long time. Uh, here's here's where things get weird and dodgy. Right. OK. Uh, I sh- Boy, now you could probably look it up. Look up Buzz Aldrin comes clean about moon 
shot, right? There's a video out there that's pretty weird. But for the longest time, Buzz Aldrin was, like, defensive about that, and he slugged some uh, reporter who was trying to say that it never happened. But there is video footage of Buzz Aldrin uh, in these waning years. uh, They were like, what was the scariest thing about landing on the moon? And that was a question from a child in a classroom, and he goes, that we never did it. And he starts answering these questions, um, kind of giving you the concept that maybe we didn't do what we said we did. However, China Mm -hmm. and Russia have been able to see the moon. And they can tell you if our stuff is up there. And our our moon landers up there, our our little rovers up there, they know that we were there because I guarantee you they would be blowing whistles loud and hard to make sure that the world knows America lied. America, yeah, yeah, I I would imagine it's always kind of a, it's a one-upman, right? Like you want to be, you want the prestige of it, I guess is what I'm saying. And, And they would absolutely point out. If yeah, that, was, that we lied. That we lied. Did yeah. You, did you find the audio by any chance? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm looking at it. Uh, I'm just looking at it right now. I'd have to listen. Okay, there's. See, here's one that's an interview clips. Show Buzz Aldrin saying moon landing was. See, I'm. Yeah, this is one thing I. I could go down a rabbit hole. I'm going to come clean. But up, we've know. got it's. It's expensive. We got there. We learned what we needed to learn. What more was there to do at that point? Now we're starting to look at colonizing. We're starting to look at other places that we can go mess up. So that's why I think they're starting to re-examine these concepts. Um, you know, there, there's also a lot of uh, static about going through the. Um, oh my God, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it. There is a, uh, is it the Van Royen belt or something? <sighs> my mind is just blanked out on this. If somebody's listening and knows what I'm talking about, give us a call on the WCCO talk or text line six five one four six one nine two two six. But they've, you've got to go through a radioactive belt in order to get to the moon. Of energy, which you know we're pretty well shielded on, but they still say has affected impact on the astronauts and their well-being. We also almost lost a couple of those moonshots trying to put people on the moon. So you've got to be real cautious. You don't want a massive failure on your hands in 2023 yeah. because it's going to make people question what happened in 60. What happened? Even because more. everything is just because if we're so much more advanced, that's now, what I was going to say. We're so much more advanced. Yeah, pointing and putting it down on the moon without any problems. Um, you, you lose a certain amount of of uh, uh, culpability when you're going out into outer space, yeah. right, and and doing this. I don't know. There's so many different objects or, or not objects, but so many different conspiracies about why we haven't gone back. And I've, I've chased so many different rabbit holes trying to figure out what's real, what's not. Mm-hmm. I just think financially it was like, okay, we've been there. We've done, we've done that. We've got the vials of dirt to prove it. Moving on. However, what is very strange, and you can send people down this rabbit hole, is that when we came back, we gifted many different leaders around the world moon rock, mm-hmm. which is proven to be fake. It's not real moon rock. Mm. So many of the uh, leaders that had these things tested thought it was like asphalt or something <laughs> ridiculous. And it wasn't, which only lends to the conspiracy we never went. And another really weird I, thing I, I is have to ima- it's illegal to own Moonstone. I, I have to imagine that you know, once there's a little bit of doubt I mean, anybody's going to jump in and and continue to to crack the code, right? I, yeah. I mean, they're going to look for any possible reason to say, "Hey, okay, this is this is phony baloney. Like right. this this didn't happen." So yeah, now yeah, th- that's 
one that I will probably right. – I'll probably go down to, that rabbit hole tonight. Yeah, once you start that seam and it splits yeah. a little bit, it's real easy to start letting in the, the insanity. Speaking of insanity, I've been watching this one knucklehead text in the entire night. Does this guy not have anything positive to say? I feel sorry for people like this. No matter what we've talked about tonight, this guy's got some negative spin to put on things. Sir, turn off the radio – uh, pull your head out of your butt and go outside. You deserve to go stand out in the cold, not the dogs, not the other animals. What is wrong with people that just have nothing positive to say? That's crazy. We're talking about many different topics here. If you don't like it, change the channel, pal. If you do, then shut up and listen. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. We're back. This is Dave Schrader in for Henry Lake. And we were just talking about uh, the moonshot and uh, why we haven't gone back, talking fun, weird conspiracy theories. Yeah, I, I, w- I want to ask you one thing, yes. too, Dave, about conspiracy mm-hmm. theories. Sure. Why, why are we so fascinated with them? Because it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's politics or sports or history, we all love a conspiracy theory. What, what is it about it that people love to sink their teeth into? I believe a lot of it has to do with the the reason that people love to find reasons for things going wrong. It can't just be that, you know, a, a hose blew on its way to the moon, mm-hmm. and that's what caused the fuel leakage. There must be something behind it. There's got to be, right, we really wanted to to down this. There was something else on that ship that was a payload. You know, a lot of people like to have these just weird Concepts and they go down these rabbit holes. Do we want to think that something is unexplainable? Is that right. kind of it's either that's unexplainable what we're for? or the fact that they're smart enough that they're the ones that figured it uh, out? Oh, okay. So okay. that can be the concept in in some of these instances. And listen, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories out there that proved to be right. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's lists you can go out and look. It's a conspiracy theory as long as uh, people wearing the aluminum foil hats are, are touting it and shaking their fist on the yeah. streets. But then nobody goes back to those guys when they find out that it was real. I, you know, I, I've always been one that kind of stays away from the conspiracy theory angles on stories because, first of all, I just don't want to live in a world that dark where I have to, I'm, I'm fearful of everything and, and everybody. It, and it does seem like a lot of the conspiracy theories oh, are are of the. The negative or more graphic, because you were talking earlier um, with uh, with Adrian about the NFL, and you were talking about you know what happened last year with Demar Hamlin with the Buffalo Bills with the the hit with T Higgins, mm-hmm. where he, I mean, his heart literally stopped. Right, and now you know you had two weeks later. Oh well, Demar Hamlin's dead, and, and you know this is some you know this he's is been some replaced he's been replaced and, by right. somebody, and it's like. Like, wait, where are you coming up with this kabuki-ish nonsense? So I – and it just seems like today's day and age, people almost they, – they would rather go searching long and hard for that one conspiracy rather than look at a ton of facts that are right in front of them. Right. But on the other end, then you get into some fun elements and stories and some things that have been perpetuated, right? Uh, Elvis Presley, did he fake his death? Mm-hmm. There are uh, – there are documents out there um, that claim that he did, in fact, uh, not die on the date that was given in, in August of 1977. Uh, and it, it's really interesting. It's a slippery slope to go down. You have to go in and dig deep. But he, uh, there, there was a RICO case, I believe it was, against somebody that he had purchased a boat from that turned out to be a mob person. And Elvis being, uh, a, a, you know, a very 
hardy American sure, yeah. and, and thinking himself law enforcement and, yeah. and wanted to be part of the DEA and so on and so forth. It's it's easy to believe that he would go uh, and and do his best to try to help out. Plus, if there's anybody in the world that deserved a break from fame, Elvis Presley mm-hmm. was that guy. He couldn't go anywhere without being harassed. Well, and that, and and that's and that's kind of my question when you when you bring up something like that. It's like, you know, we, we it's almost like it's after the fact with that though, right? It's like it happens, and then we want to find things out. After the fact, right? Well, not, when not things start trickling out, right? When you, you get this steady stream of, of bizarre information, a lot of it's easily uh, laughable. But then, you know, one of the claims that's been in place for a long time is that Elvis Presley's personal social security number was being taxed up until the early 2000s. When you die, your personal social security number should no longer be taxed. Elvis Presley... Mm-hmm estates or whatever the the business function is should be what's being being taxed being taxed okay uh he made more money after death than he did while alive there was a document that surfaced uh in that uh, that rico case of elvis presley signing it like 3 weeks after his supposed death and that document is again available i guess and out there from the freedom of information act did, did that go through like a calligrapher or some sort of a handwriting expert to go through to to verify that was that or, or i mean cuz well, they came, just said that was forged it came from a um it, it it's believed to be an actual document from the okay. government uh that's okay. on file that's how they uncovered it through a freedom of information act okay. now again i haven't seen this document i'm just sharing the fun sure. stories oh, yeah, of yeah, this yeah yeah um you know but elvis presley supposedly faked his own death again a guy rich enough to do it why not if if you get to the point of your life where it's not going to cost anybody else anything uh, insurance policies weren't cashed, so on and so forth, and it gave him a break. Michael Jackson, you know, I think a lot of it too is we don't want to believe our our heroes and our our legends die are we, gone, it, right? Yeah. Uh, but then you've got the other weird flip side of it. Paul McCartney during the '60s went through a thing where they said Paul McCartney had died and was replaced. Well, and I mean, and that still was. I mean, that was going on because I was born in '75, and and I still I remember hearing that when I was a kid, and I'm like. Well, no, that's, that's that's not true because Paul McCartney was with Wings, and then he was doing like all these other things. Somebody so. was with Wings, according Some- to the, they call him Fall, which is faux Paul. Oh, uh, okay. that this guy Billy Shears, who won a uh, uh, what do you want to call it, a Paul McCartney lookalike contest, mm-hmm. Paul supposedly died in a car accident. I love this is one that just go down the rabbit hole. If you have never done it, go read and follow it. It is such a fun, weird, twisted tale. But then the Beatles get into it. Because there's all these weird clues they left, like on the cover of Abbey Road, right? Yeah. Uh, here you've got the cover of Abbey Road. You've got uh, the Beatles walking across the road towards a cemetery, mm-hmm. right, is is the story. You've got um, in, in the lead, you've got the, uh, uh, what is it, Ringo dressed in black, uh, or no, God, John dressed all okay. in white. And he's like in a white suit and everything's all crisp and clean like he's the priest. Uh, following behind him, you've got... Um, uh, I think it's Ringo Starr dressed all in black in a suit. Behind him, you have Paul McCartney barefoot smoking using the other hand. He was a lefty. He's holding a cigarette in the right, and he's the only one out of step with the Beatles on the cover of Abbey Road. You've then got George Harrison, who's really dressed down in, like, blue jeans and looking like a grave digger. There's a Beatle car on the road that says 28 if. 
McCartney would have been 28 mm-hmm. if he hadn't been killed in that car accident. There are the Sgt. Pepper album covers got all kinds of crazy lunatic points. Like on the back, Paul's the only one whose back is turned to the camera. Everybody else is facing forward. And um, they're, they're supposedly spelling the word love with their hands. Yeah. But if you look at where George Harrison is pointing on the album, it says he blew his mind out in a car. And it, so he's pointing to a lyric on the album cover. That seems to go along with it. The whole front of the Sgt. Pepper album cover looks like a funeral scene. You've got the young Beatles standing there mourning at the side of a Beatles gravesite, right? There's a doll on the side with a white Aston Martin on its lap. That's the car that Paul McCartney supposedly crashed. So there's all of these fun, crazy rabbit holes that they did. And what a genius marketing tool because all the people that had destroyed their their Beatles albums when John Lennon's comment about them being more famous than Christ, and everybody destroyed it. Suddenly there's all of these clues. People go back out in droves and buy the albums again so they the, can look at all the different clues. And, and the, to me, if, you know, I look at it as, as just somebody's reading way too much into something that's just very simple. But if 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 this was a way to generate buzz back at that point in time... I've never been a big Beatles fan in terms of mm-hmm. the music, but again, I'm always fascinated by business and marketing right. and, and campaigns. And it, I mean, this would be so incrementally ahead of their time to do something like that. Well, to, they were forward thinkers. They had a great uh, PR set in in motion. Uh, another fun bit, if you listen to Strawberry Fields at the end during all the orchestral mm-hmm. part, you'll hear it, and then it slows down for a second, and then it starts up again. And during that, you hear uh, John Lennon say, I buried Paul. Now, he claims he said, I said Strawberry Jam. Mm. But everybody hears, I buried Paul. Okay. Uh, once, they, once he says it, oh yeah, then you, you can't go back and... It's kind of like once you see something a certain way, right. you can't go back and unsee it. Yeah, you know, it's I, hard. And, and, okay. so. and then, then the White Album came out, and there's a song called Glass Onion. And in it, he says, uh, I've, you've heard about Strawberry Fields, man, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, and here's another clue for you all. The walrus was Paul. So they were baiting throughout mm-hmm. the entire thing, which kept people engaged. That is incredible trolling. What a fun way to tr- – right. It is internet trolling before I, the internet. That, that, is, that is internet – oh, my God. See, that is fantastic marketing. And, and, I mean, that just – that adds to the allure because the music – when I hear about the Beatles and I think about the Beatles, again, not not a big fan, never have been. I respect them for what they did for the music industry and what they did for pop culture. But to think that they were leading people on, you know, baiting them – is an incredible marketing move. Well, there's here's a really weird, freaky bit. When the last album of John Lennon came out, Double Fantasy, uh, in between songs, usually it's quiet. You know how you have that, that little quiet gap between the songs? There's one segment where you hear Yoko Ono say something. And if you play it backwards, it mm-hmm. sounds like she says, I shot John Lennon. That album came out before he was assassinated. As a matter of fact, there's a photograph of him standing outside the Dakota with his assassin signing his album cover. So the album was released before Lennon was murdered, and that weird little audio bit is in there, that artifact. So that's why I said there's fun, weird conspiracies. There's weird angles you can go down. Um, 
I, I, I just love some of those elements. I don't, I can't put my brain through so many of the dark angles that take place in, in so many of the other stories. That just weighs on me too heavily. That's not my kind of thing. I'll look into Beatles death clues, Elvis death clues, and JFK assassination things all the time. But some of the other elements just get too heady. Uh, when we come back, Dead Man Walking, I've got a really weird story we got to talk about. We'll do that next right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, we're back. This is Dave Schrader in for Henry Lake. Let me go to the talk and text line here. Uh, NASA has gone so much further than the moon with space station, Mars probes, telescopes, etc. And now you're giving credence to conspiracy BS. And don't say I'm being negative, too. Well, first of all, I have the mic. I can say whatever I want. (laughs) But that's not my point. My point being, this is the problem with people. They half listen. And then they take something out of context and spin it. At no point did I say that there was any credence to any of the conspiracy theories. He asked a question of why we haven't gone back to the moon. And I clearly said, because we've been there, done that. And it was an expensive venture. And we found out what we needed to find out. And we came back. But there are a lot of interesting, bizarre, funny, and twisted conspiracies. And it doesn't help that people like Buzz Aldrin have videos out there now where they have been interviewed or have been recorded in public making comments like, what's the scariest thing about the moon landing? That we never did it. And comments like that that then lend credence to the conspiracy theories. At no time did I say I bought into any of this. And then we spun off into, is Elvis still alive, faking his death? And then the silly rhetoric about the Beatles. I mean, there, there's a there's a lot of weird things out there that people go down these holes. And I'm I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, mm-hmm. but I'm just fascinated how people can get how they can go down that road. Again, when you've got all of this information in front of you and you decide to take one little piece of something obscure and twist that into something. Well, that you don't even have to reality. do that. Look at. The listener heard what they wanted to hear, and they come in and say, I'm going to not listen anymore because you're giving credence to conspiracy BS. If what you heard me say was credence, then the problem is the breakdown in the communication of the people half listening, which is the problem we have in today's society with uh, social media. They read the headline, whether it's real or not. Most headlines are made to be clickbait. They are made to get your attention in order to bring you to their website so that they can try to get you to buy whatever's on their website or follow whatever the leads that they want you to get or gather your information so they can sell that information to other marketing firms. So there are a lot of fake news stories out there, and that's how they go about doing it is these half-truths. And people will swear on a stack of Bibles, this information is true because I saw it in an article and what they saw was a headline that was clickbait, and that was enough for them because it had a CNBC logo or an MSNBC or a Fox News logo on it. And what they don't realize is you can clip and paste those onto fake articles and put them out there, right? So it becomes a problem. What you have to do is is listen to the entire thing. And for, for those of you that missed part of this and want to catch up on it, remember you can always check out the Odyssey app and listen to the uh, podcasts of this show so that you can hear for yourself what's being said and how it's being said. So I wanted to address that because I don't want you to think that I am buying in. That's why I said I avoid conspiracy theories because they're so easy to manipulate and twist. So that's what's Manipulation. going on. Manipulation. 
yeah. guest guest host ripping yeah, listeners. Yeah. No, it's called addressing your concerns. And if I didn't, you'd whine and bellyache that, well, I had a point and you didn't even address it. I did address it. So there you go. Uh, hey, in a weird twist of fate that sounds like it's literally out of a horror movie, an 80-year-old man from India made a jaw-dropping comeback to life after being declared dead by doctors. And here's the kicker. It's all thanks to a pothole. I don't know if you heard this, and boy, this a has got to be good. Yeah, no. this has got to be good news for people in Minnesota. Uh, infuriating potholes. Our population is right? going to go through the roof. That right. The drive, uh, the, the potholes that drive us crazy on the roads turned out to be a lifesaver for this guy, Brar, out of uh, India. The ambulance carrying his lifeless body hit a pothole so hard on its way to to his home for burial that lo and behold, it started him moving again. His grandson noticed his grandfather's hands start to move. And uh, he called out, he's he's alive, he's alive. They checked, sure enough, they rerouted, brought him to a hospital. They had already proclaimed this guy dead. They were just bringing him home to do the final rites and uh, do a, a, what's the word I'm looking for, like a wake, a, a viewing. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of the pothole being hit so violently and shaking this, it stirred the guy back out of this. Now, obviously, we've seen that there's been problems for years with medical practitioners not always calling it exactly as it should be. But that's why we come up with vampire stories and other weird legends, right? Because of that. A lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me in here, Henry. News Talk 830-WCCO. I'm Dave Schrader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.